The Hamlet Podcast, episode 59. Hello and welcome to this exploration of Shakespeare's Macbeth with me, your host, Connor Hanretty. Already we have arrived at Act 5 of the play. Rather pleasingly, we reached episode 59 of Hamlet five years ago this week. Although, given how much longer a play Hamlet is, it's no surprise that back then we were still in the middle of Act 2, Scene 2, Hamlet's longest scene. But, as we've been seeing throughout, Macbeth is a much more condensed, compact puzzle of a play, and now we begin one of its most compelling and mysterious scenes. As we've made this journey through the play, we've seen a good few themes and images that tend to reappear at key moments. This scene is a great compendium of the play's fixations, some so minute you'd be forgiven for missing them. After our long trip to England, we are now back in Scotland, at Dunsinane, in the Macbeth's castle. Shakespeare has a particular knack for giving us information from the perspectives of ordinary people, those whose lives happen in the shadows of his leading characters. We've had a few instances of this already in the play, and now we meet two more such people, a doctor and a lady-in-waiting. As if to differentiate from the doctor in the England scene, who is perhaps a priest or a doctor of divinity, the stage directions tell us that this is a doctor of physic. So, he's a medical doctor. No prizes for guessing that medical doctors only show up in Shakespearean tragedies when there's something pretty wrong. The doctor and the waiting gentlewoman speak in prose, and it is the doctor that we hear first. He says... I have two nights watched with you, but can perceive no truth in your report. When was it she last walked? So they've sat up for two nights already, but the doctor is having a hard time believing this woman. Whatever she told him, he's got no evidence of it. And then he asks, when is the last time she walked? Now. Anyone familiar with the play will already know that this scene is widely referred to as the sleepwalking scene. But for a new audience member, this is a weird and juicy tidbit. What might he mean by walking? The gentlewoman does not disappoint. She gives us a full account. Since His Majesty went into the field, I have seen her rise from her bed, throw her nightgown upon her, Unlock her closet, take forth paper, fold it, write upon it, read it, afterwards seal it, and again return to bed. Yet, all this while in a most fast sleep. First up, a tiny bit of information that is easy to overlook. Her whole report is based on the events she's seen since His Majesty, Macbeth, went into the field. Either she means that Macbeth himself is literally on the battlefield, or she's using it as a euphemism for him being in an active military campaign. But this is information for us. The battling has begun. And since Macbeth engaged in it, Lady Macbeth has been sleepwalking. According to the gentlewoman, she's seen Lady M get out of bed, put on her nightgown, go to her closet, get paper, prepare it, write on it, seal the paper with wax, and get back into bed, 
but she's performing all these activities while she's fast asleep. So the walking that the doctor meant really is sleepwalking. To me, there's something very tragic about Lady Macbeth now being the one whose sleep is troubled. Macbeth has long been plagued with insomnia, lacking the season of all natures with his raveled sleeve of care. The play is among Shakespeare's most nocturnal stories, but Lady Macbeth was the solid, rational one. While Macbeth imagined that the whole ocean could never remove his guilt, Lady Macbeth insisted that a little water would clear them of the deed. But now it's her that is wandering from her bed, and the servants are starting to talk. The activities described, writing a letter and sealing it, these echo the first glimpse we had of Lady Macbeth when she read her husband's letter and the news it contained. Now she's writing letters in her sleep, and most likely nobody will read them. The doctor responds with interest and sympathy. A great perturbation in nature. To receive at once the benefit of sleep and do the effects of watching. In this slumbery agitation, besides her walking and other actual performances, what, at any time, have you heard her say? Perturbation is a terrific Shakespeare word for anxiety or mental anguish. Interestingly, he uses it almost exclusively for people whose sleep is troubled. Henry IV includes it in his brilliant speech about insomnia, and Richard III's wife Anne haunts his sleep with it. And here the doctor calls this sleepwalking a great perturbation in nature, for Lady Macbeth to appear to be asleep, but performing all manner of things she might do when she was awake. It's interesting to hear him describe her as receiving the benefits of sleep, I wonder how tired Lady Macbeth would be after these fitful, busy nights. Watching here is the opposite of sleeping. If you're awake, your eyes are open, and keeping the watch is the opposite of getting your rest. The doctor asks a very pertinent question. Besides all the sleepwalking and whatever else Lady Macbeth has done, like writing letters, has the gentlewoman heard her say anything aloud? He's shrewd to ask this, since we're going to hear some of these things soon enough. But the loyal servant refuses to betray this strangely intimate confidence. She replies that what she's heard is that, sir, which I will not report after her. That's a great way to pique our interest there. Lady Macbeth has in fact been speaking while she sleepwalks, but the gentlewoman isn't prepared to repeat what she said. This is getting interesting. So the doctor pushes for more, saying, You may to me, and tis most meet you should. He's saying it's only appropriate that you should tell me. He's protesting, I'm a doctor. But the gentlewoman won't budge. Neither to you nor anyone, having no witness to confirm my speech. So a little self-interest creeps in here. The gentlewoman won't spill the beans because nobody else has witnessed this. So whatever Lady Macbeth has been saying is serious enough that the gentlewoman could get in big trouble for spreading it, so she won't do so without another witness. 
This is the kind of information for which she might get killed or sent to prison if she shares it. Before she has to plead her case any further, Lady Macbeth enters with a candle. The gentlewoman sees her first. Lo you, here she comes. This is her very guise. And upon my life, fast asleep. Observe her, stand close. Lady Macbeth is coming into the space. The servant describes her very guise. In other words, she's coming in in the same manner that she's already been seen. And to confirm, she'd bet on her life that Lady Macbeth is fast asleep as she walks. The gentlewoman tells the doctor to watch her and stand close, unobserved. As Lady Macbeth continues to sleepwalk, the doctor asks, how came she by that light? He's curious to know how she might have found or lit a candle in her sleep. The gentlewoman has an explanation. Why, it stood by her. She has light by her continually, tis her command. It seems Lady Macbeth is, or has become, afraid of the dark. So the candle she's carrying was beside her bed. She has demanded constant light. Perhaps as she gets nearer, the doctor has a closer look. He says, you see, her eyes are open. And the gentlewoman replies, aye, but their sense is shut. This is another key image in the play, eyes that do not see, eyes whose sense is stopped. These have recurred many times. There's a wry irony that it's the gentlewoman has to tell the doctor what he's seeing and not seeing. Now he asks, what is it she does now? Look how she rubs her hands. One of the most famous set pieces in all of Shakespeare is upon us, as the doctor observes Lady Macbeth seeming to wash her hands. A few centuries ago, it was apparently Sarah Siddons, one of the most famous actresses of her own or any era, who had the innovative idea of putting down the candle she was holding so that she could also wash her hands. I'll include the famous painting of Miss Siddons in this role in the show notes for this episode. The gentlewoman again responds, explaining that it is an accustomed action with her to seem thus washing her hands. I have known her continue in this a quarter of an hour. This description is already fascinating. Shakespeare's ability to take little details of ordinary life and reframe them so cleverly is what makes him such a genius. Back in the earlier scenes, we saw the shocking confidence of Lady Macbeth in the aftermath of Duncan's murder, aware of every sound in her castle, precise in her instructions, and alarming in her clarity that a little water would be all it would take to clear them of the regicide. Now she's a haunted woman, whose servant says she can spend up to a quarter of an hour out of bed, sleepwalking and trying to clean her hands. She does it enough that the gentlewoman considers it now an accustomed action. For Lady Macbeth's all too famous line on the matter, mind you, you'll have to come back for the next episode. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you'll join me next time.